cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on April the 17th, 2009. For newcomers, look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and on website you'll find lots of previous talks I've given which might give you shortcuts to understanding the big picture of the total system in which we live today. I try and show you by using the documentation and the books written by the big boys and involved in think tanks and world associations, where they're taking us and why, and the excuses you'll be given along the way. You'll never be given the truth. You're always given excuses. You never tell the children the truth. And we supposedly are the children. Also look into Alan sentinel.eu for transcripts of these talks, which you can download and print up, and they're written in the various languages of Europe. You can also purchase my books, and discs on cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You can use personal check in the U.S. and Canada or PayPal. And you can also donate as well as PayPal buttons on the site cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Those who get the disc passed around, and I know there's an awful lot of people have them passed around, and sometimes a letter will eventually find its way to me telling me they didn't know where to post it and so on because they play these on, on regular players. You can always order or donate to this address. It's Alan Watts, W-A-T-T, site 41, box 4, Esther, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. And the postal code is P-3-E-4-N-1. That's P for Peter, 3-E for Elizabeth, 4 N for Nora, one. Yesterday and this last little while, I've gone on about the fact that we're like mushrooms. It's a good way to introduce the show because we're kept in the dark and we're fed manure, basically. And that's the job of the press, the media, and politicians, of course, too. There's nothing that comes out of a politician's mouth that doesn't go through a PR representative to fashion it for the minds of the public. Nothing they say is, re, is, is not written by the scriptwriters. There's very little spontaneous, or any spontaneity in it, I should say. And that's how we're managed today. This is scientific management. Big agendas are at play. They've been at play your whole life, in fact. Going back to before the League of Nations, the precursor of the United Nations was established, you must look into the, the world organizations, those who ruled an empire in the 1800s and decided that would be the nucleus for a world order, a planned society where a scientific high bureaucracy would serve those who already had proven their Darwinian worth by accumulation uh, of power and wealth and holding on to it for generations. That became the League of Nations, 
under the pretense to stop war. And yet those guys who formed the League of Nations and later the, the United Nations and who, who are players in it said themselves they needed world wars to bring the people of the world to their knees to accept a United Nations governmental authority. Not just an authority as such where we're all sort of happy, multicultural, but a planned, organized society run by rational thinkers, as they said, meaning the elite intelligentsia themselves, scientists. And what's happening in our lifetime is simply another phase of this as they ramp it up. And I'm going to go into this when I come back from this break. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, discussing that we're kept as children for our whole lives. In fact, Bertrand Russell, one of the big promoters and planners of this world system in his day, Lord Bertrand Russell, a man who actually taught, went over to China to teach the introduction of communism in the universities on behalf of the Royal Institute for International Affairs. But he said that Techniques would be used on the public of which they'd have no awareness that would bring them to conclusions, scientific techniques. He also advocated bringing on board Madison Avenue, which was the, the largest marketing companies basically in New York. Marketers understand psycholinguistics. Their manuals are full of how to use terminology to attach to emotions, to make people do things like buy things they hadn't even thought of before and make them want things right down to changing their behavior and I've gone through Bernays and how he was used from government right down to help create a good part of the phase of American culture for a particular time it didn't give up then of course it's continued since because those at the top are globalists and have had this utopian dream of a planned organized society where those who are the natural aristocracy, as it's called, amongst themselves, should have the right to rule completely, totally, the lessers. That's the general public. Therefore, everything that's given to the public, media-wise, if there's any truth at all, it will always be spun 180 degrees to give you a different conclusion as to why things are happening. Simple techniques. Simple techniques. And they work, unfortunately. Now, when you're kept in ignorance of major things that are happening, things that, were, that are unthinkable, and that's the key to it, it's very easy to make you believe anything. In fact, Russell said we could bring up children to believe that black is white, isolate them from the rest, and teach them opposite meanings of words and, and let them merge with mainstream. And there'd be incredible conflicts as arguments would break out. We can be taught to believe anything. And we are. Yesterday I mentioned an article where one of many articles that they're feeding us gradually. See, we learn through osmosis, as Jack Atali said. We don't reason things through. We get little bits given to us to make something familiar. The idea must be familiar. And then through repetition and in the build-up, it becomes concretized as a fact in our minds. 
and we accept it without question, like a global warming. Why even bother going into the fact that so many of the top scientists are against this nonsense of global warming and have gone through the agenda which states, and if everything is banked upon global warming and the belief, the whole future of control has been banked upon us believing it. That's why so much will go into it. And I said I, a while ago, I said, I don't care if we're hit up to our necks in the snow. Uh, the mantra of global warming will continue regardless because it's a must-be. That's the main plan to change and organize and control the world. Remember, I went through the history of the Club of Rome, a massive think tank well funded by the other big foundations like Rockefeller, Ford, Carnegie, the Rothschild Group, etc., and their, idea, their, their job is to come up with ways to direct society along into this controlled society and find excuses to do it. And in their own book, The First Global Revol- Revolution, the founders of society admit that back in the 70s, they were given the task of finding a substitute for war because during wartime, we all pulled together. We do what we're told we're all on the same path, etc., for survival. And government can expand bureaucracies and be very intrusive, and we accept it. Therefore, they would use a war technique, but what would the enemy be in a global society? You'd have to find enemies within. Therefore, we have terrorism everywhere. That's standard. The Soviets tried that one. And they also said that the climate would be rebelling against humans, meaning mankind was the enemy. That would tie in with their eugenics and overpopulation nonsense that they were going to feed us, and they have fed us to now. And remember, down through the ages, even during the Industrial Revolution, people like Malthus in Britain, a top economist for the British government and the British East India Company, big international corporation, wrote books on how to bring populations down and use them just like animals. Breed them up when you need them for the factories and war. Breed them down when they're in the excess, etc. Even how to control their minds through diet, poor diet, they get very poor thinkers. How to keep just enough strength so they could do the work but not rebel. These were sciences. And the same people behind today's wonderful New World Order are simply the descendants of the Malthusians and those with Malthus of his day. And as they were never told the real reasons for anything, it's amazing to me, even now, once in a while they'll disclose something new about World War II that was kept secret and classified. And so another generation's grown up and couldn't care less. It doesn't matter to them what's disclosed. It's always been this way. Many things are never disclosed. I've gone through articles to do with our governments of the U.S. and Canada and Britain testing gases and chemicals on their own populations from their own sources and declassified information. Once again, no one cares. No one cares that in 48 flying fortresses, bombers, given permission by the Canadian government, went across Saskatoon for 10 days at low altitude spraying various chemicals on the population. It took them 50 years to, to declassify that. 
And of course, during that time, they studied the population, cancer rates, this, that, the other, you know. In England, the Royal Navy unleashed gases and, and chemicals off the mainland, and Norwich got soaked in the stuff. Cadmium, highly carcinogenic. Meanwhile, they're worrying about the Russians. The articles have been appearing about the global warming, global warming, global warming, etc., etc. The mantra, the constant mantra from these, again, these supra-organizations have been tacked upon governments as though they're official to do with climate change. How can anyone be in charge of the climate? Do you realize how ridiculous that is in itself? And these masters, these masters are telling us how to live our lives. And that they want to spray this, all these weird ideas of spraying stuff into the air. They've been doing it for 10 years. Two years ago, I put a photograph up on my site with the yellow rain I was getting in March. Yellow rain. I don't even get buds on the trees here till late April, where I am. So it wasn't pollen. I know what it was. But silence from the top. Utter silence. And most people, you see, because they're not told by the media, will, will notice things and dismiss it or look for other reasons that will fit in with your logic. Remember, we're like computers. And those guys who rule our lives and give us our data, understand our logic and our program, we'll come to the right conclusions. Here's an article, one of many articles actually over the years. And I've already given TV um, links before where they've discussed yellow rain, white rain, all the rest of it. And the chemical analysis is always the same, same as I got here. For the stuff that they're thinking of doing in the future, they've been doing for 10 years by jets. You can see them if you watch early in the morning. This is from Wales in the UK. And it's from... It's called, uh, it's from Flincher Town. It says here, a mystery white substance, 25th of August 2008. Mystery white substance that fell in parts of a town in Flintshire has left residents baffled. People in Kona's Key are lost to explain the so-called white rain, which has been likened to talcum powder. Now, I mentioned a few weeks ago, as the snow starts to retreat here, you have months of concentrated snow getting thinner and thinner, and then you have this white candy cane, candy floss types, spidery stuff all over the place. Then it turns into a white powder. It's all over the place. This year is the same. So here they are getting this in, in Wales, and it says it's likened to a talcum powder. That's what it looks like. Residents in the Golden area of the town contacted the leader, that's the newspaper, on Friday after waking up to find the strange residue on their cars and washing. One York Road resident said, I was really concerned at first because I thought it could be corrosive or dangerous. The only way I can describe it is white rain. It looked like someone had thrown a flower bomb, but in closer inspection it was definitely a strange kind of residue. You can see it everywhere. It's all over the cars and the street and it's covered our clothes and our washing outside. They put their washing outside to dry. I've lived here most of my life. I've never seen anything like it before. I think it might be some kind of pollution from local industry. See, there's your logic at work. Where else could it be that it could never be coming from the sky? Could it from the, couldn't be doing it deliberately, could they? 
that's the last thing people will think of. Because, like Brzezinski says, they expect the media to tell them. They actually expect the media to tell them. Colonel McFarlane, who represents the Golden Ward, said, I, can't, I honestly can't explain it. We've had some localized examples of this thing in the past, but I wouldn't like to say what caused this. If people, I like this, you know, this guy knows, if people are concerned, then it's something that needs to be looked into. No kidding. You know, back in the 60s, they were testing this stuff out with the polymer because Teller came up with the inventor of the H-bomb. A polymer is a mixed substance, almost like a polythene-type molecule film. Now, I'll go into this after this break because it's very important to see how far back this goes. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, discussing the fact that they have been spraying for a long time, 10 years now, pretty well daily, across the U.S., Canada, and Europe, all of Europe. This even in India now, too. And that's how they lead up to it. You see, we always live in the past. They give us a fake reality. They're getting us used to, gradually now, the idea that we're going to be sprayed in the future. To save the world, you understand. That's the excuse we'll be given. Even though it's bogus science to do with global warming, since all the top scientists say we're actually in a cooling phase. So what's the real reason, eh? Well, Teller, you see, talked about any book papers in it for the Pentagon. It's available. And he talked about the ability to literally cover the entire globe with a polymer-type spray from aerial craft that after a few years would be perpetual, you keep it up to a certain dose, would always be an element of it in the atmosphere. It might even take 100 years, 200 years to get rid of once you got to start it started going. And this polymer could be used to, to do basically different functions at the same time, simultaneous, in other words. Weather control was one of the easier things to do with it. And they have been using weather control now for quite some time. Another factor was bacterial or viral warfare. They could use the polymers and attach the viruses, etc., to that if need be for times of war. They could also use it in conjunction with the HARP, H-A-A-R-P type technologies, the Tesla equipment, which is all up and running. And there's even little CBC clips up there. I've got them here myself where you'll see the one in Alaska, but they have many other ones across the world. And they are in use. You can pick them up on shortwave radio as they pulse away 24 hours per day now. And another effect of the harp, in conjunction apart from the weather, is that they can also alter the frequencies or affect the frequencies in the human brain. Very simply, in fact, they'd already been tested in, in Teller's time. And people do complain of incredible tiredness at times when there's heavy spraying overhead. And once again, if you tune in the shortwave radio frequencies, you'll pick these things, loudest noises on the shortwave band. We first found out about this when in the 70s, uh, there was a, in Riga, the Soviet Union, a 
sour there was pulsing away. That time they called it the woodpecker. It was a very primitive one. And every ham or shortwave radio enthusiast across the world was getting knocked off the band. That's all they heard. And even then there was accusations from major governments about them using it for weather control. So it has multiple functions. Now, I've read articles too about calmatives. We always think of simple tranquilizers for calmatives. They're wanting to talk, you use them in crowd control, etc. There's also electronic calmatives. And the harp itself has been tested. It can also make you very calm or very aggressive and angry or very depressed and suicidal, depending on the exact frequency it pulse out there. It's all about control. All that's about control. In the 60s, when they were testing this out, and then in the 70s and 80s, hundreds of articles came out, mainstream media, like these ooh articles to get you all fascinated. Remember, that was a big UFO phenomenon time, and they were testing all these uh, advanced aircraft. And they were calling it angel hair. There was even people putting songs calling it angel hair. It always left it, the reader bewildered and fascinated. The stuff was coming out of the sky. Angel here. And then, of course, psyops is in on it, psychological operations, to give you the conclusion it must be aliens. And there's always UFOs seen in the vicinities. That was the rubbish they were putting out at the time. From, again, psyops ops, you see. It's the greatest way to divert the fact that your governments are testing stuff out on the public. Beautiful. Works every time. And a few years ago, when helicopters tried spraying some places like parts of British Columbia at low level, same articles came out then from PSYOPs, obviously, saying, oh, these helicopters, some, some people, never said who, some people have reported to change into saucer shapes and back in the back. You see how they completely discredit the information. It's the sort of stuff we lap up. We love this kind of stuff. We run with it. Never dawns knows we're being conned and that governments are spraying stuff on you. See, you might object to realize that pretty well deadly chemicals are being sprayed upon you. And in yesterday's article, I mentioned from the newspaper report, when they were talking about they think they might have to start spraying the atmosphere to save us all, you understand. It could have dire consequences, but they didn't go into the dire consequences. Well, if you're breathing in, these chemicals, aluminum oxide, barium, there's even cadmium in some places as a link from a TV show, mainstream, where one place in the U.S. was dosed with a spray and cadmium came up along with aluminum oxide and the barium. You're going to go downhill physically. And that's why the allergies are all up, 40% in a few years. Multiple allergies. That's why adults are now regularly, commonly, being diagnosed with asthma. You're breathing it in. That's why. And you can't tolerate it for too long. You start going under. Be back with more on this topic and the whys of it after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Alan Watt, this is Cutting Through the Matrix, just recounting some of the past events to do with aerial spraying. And the fact is, they're acclimatizing the people's minds to the fact they're going to spray. So people will adapt and adapt through little bits of information into being quite normal without ever reasoning it through for themselves. That's how it's done, through increments of little possibilities, things to come, and in reality it's already been. Those in the high medical professions are well aware that something drastic is happening to the health of the public because they see the symptoms all the time. Massive bronchial problems. Massive allergic responses to something. Never mind all of the emotional mayhem and fallout from it too. Or the fatigue. Poisoning will do that to you. And this is a must-be operation. A must-be operation. Nothing will change it. If you realize, and here's the key to something, for all those who are stuck at different levels on the ladder of understanding, every step on the ladder will give you a certain perspective, and out of that, you'll reason what you must and can do. And as you go up to the next level, you'll often dispose of that and say, my goodness, it's much worse until you're on a higher level. If you can cross the barrier and look up medical statistics to do with depopulation, sterility, to do with the creation of fast-acting takedowns for third-world countries that came out after the order put out by Kissinger when he said that the greatest threat to the state was overpopulation. And big plans went into action. Into action. Not thought about, but went into action. These guys do it. But in the Western world, the idea was to take down people slowly through disabling agents. Because when you are disabled, you're not a good specimen for mating. No one will mate with you when you're out of action and suffering from, for instance, chronic fatigue. Because depopulation is at the heart of all of this, down to the manageable society. By all and every means possible. Now remember, everything you see in the media today is about regimentation. Regimentation, uniformity, standardization. The dream of the Fabianists since the creation, and even before they were called Fabianists, the dream was to regiment the planet by those who had the abilities and the natural right to do so, the intellectual groups, the scientific groups. Today, our lives are run by supposed experts, and Bertrand Russell wrote in the 40s and the 50s, he says, we shall train the public that they can't do anything or even think for themselves without the advice of an expert. They've given us propaganda for 50 years to make sure that this is so. Mission accomplished. And because we're so far ahead with this now, they can tell us, the Department of this says that, and this is going to happen, and we all follow suit. Regimentation comes from the word regime. The regime. There is a regime. There is not a democracy. There is a regime. It's an internationalist regime of intellectuals belonging 
to high societies and foundations and organizations which are all interlinked. And the foundations for the interlinking were set up centuries ago by very wealthy people who already ruled a good part of the world in the good old days of the British Empire. Nothing has changed. All that's changed now is, you remember the same Club of Rome that came up with the idea of a war, and then they said in their own writings, after looking at all different things, even UFOs, would that work with enough propaganda and sci-fi, etc.? Would we believe it? And it says, well, they might, but this is even better. Man is at war with the planet, therefore man must be controlled, and everything that he does must be controlled to save the planet. That was what they said. That would fit the bill. Global warming would fit the bill. That's in their own book. And from that big think tank, it was passed down to the other ones who could implement it into society through academia, through the media, through magazines, science journals, etc. The mantra started. That's how they do it. That's how it's done. And I had an article today, I was going to read it, and I thought, no, I won't read the article, because it's a handout by one of the big environmental organizations attached to the U.S. government, and it's just pure propaganda of repetition, because that's how they get it across to us, repetition of global warming, and we are polluting, and greenhouse gases, and all these terms which mean utterly, utter nonsense. You see? But it's a must be, because they're going to regulate every individual's life, including the life to come, if there will be any for you. That's all part of this big eugenics program. Regimentation. Look around you. Look at this administration in the U.S. I won't even say the guy's name who's supposedly the head of it. We all know their front men put in for their particular task at that particular time. They're interchangeable. And then uh, the Prime Minister of Britain comes out with the same thing, mandatory, compulsory, voluntary service. Just double speak for you. And then we come to this article in Canada. Youth called to serve from This is from the National Post, April 11th, 2009. Youth called to serve. Now remember, this is the real meaning of socialism. It's a regime, regimentation. It says, this is National Post, Katim Avik, a federally funded youth service organization, was founded in 77 by Senators Jax Herbert, while Pierre Trudeau was the prime minister. So here's Here's a psychologically prepared statement because, see, Pierre Trudeau was one of the first highly PR publicized guys to be, with the whole PR industry went in, the whole technique of Hollywood to create an image for Canada. Before that, was, it was kind of staid, conservative old man. So they got this guy who was a millionaire already, who was actually the leader of the Communist Party. You think communists are working people? They never were working people at the top. Pierre Trudeau led the 1952 Comintern meeting delegation from Canada to Moscow in 1952. He became Prime Minister later because the big foundations, and he was a Rhodes Scholar too for world government, remember, from Britain, from England. 
they wanted to put him in, you see. And when he got in, he says, we said we'd, we'd, we'd do it, we'd do it any way we could. What he meant was, he, the communists always said, they'd lie to everybody through any party and use any party to get in power. And he said that on media. And he turned Canada upside down along the whole internationalist agenda. But his whole image is a young, youthful guy uh, with his big wide-brimmed hat that was specially made for him to give him the image. He got him spinning in front of people like he was dancing and all this kind of stuff. Pure PR, Hollywoodism, got him in. Because the image stays there, even though when he left office, Canada was bankrupt. We had no debt before it. After he was gone, boom. So the, the, these, these sons of these people, because remember, too, they're into eugenics, always have been, especially selected wives and all that, even though his wife did have an affair with Mick Jagger and all that stuff, it was well up at the time. He did have his sons. So here's Justin Trudeau, the son. He gave a speech in Toronto this week at 8 o'clock in the morning in a basement conference room of a downtown hotel in front of 45 business people strewn between a dozen half-empty tables. Neither dim setting nor early crowd were uplifting, but the rookie politician, they've got to give him a job, right? With a gift of earnestness that is best to inspire the crowd. If any young person wants to serve their country, he says, typically between high school and university for a year, they should be given the opportunity to do so. Mr. Trudeau said, promoting his plan to create a nation battalion of teenage volunteers. Where have we heard this before? Recently. Remember, the Fabian Society is part of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, and the CFR is the American brand of the same organization. They are the same organization. Eugenics sustainability, depopulation, the right of the superior to rule. Everything, down to the minutest detail. And the world, they said, they were bringing in, it's on their own websites, go and look at their founders. It's a world where you will serve the world state. Serve, serve, serve. Serve. Comes from the word serf. Which fits in with the historian of the CFR, Carl Quigley, who said in his own book, Tragedy and Hope, that they're bringing in a new feudal system. Well, you see, they had serfs in feudal times. And we are told as much as the peasants, as when it comes to truth, of the Middle Ages, as any reality today. True reality, that is. So, there's your introduction of it to Canada. So, they get a young offspring. Remember Pierre Trudeau, too, who was the best pal of Fidel Castro. Why not? Because international socialism has nothing to do with helping the working poor. But they certainly use them and they get them to vote for them. Regime, regimentation, standardization. Don't forget it. Anyone who has a a slight notion they still have a nation is truly living in a previous century beyond and before the 20th. Because this organization was already running all of us from the beginning of the 20th century. Carl Quigley also admitted that. What kind of society are they bringing in? What is it exactly they're bringing in, apart from regimentation, birth to death? And again, through phases, as they bring in the new creature, you know, the enhanced type that will give them no problems. 
to be very efficient genetically. What is it? What do we have to go through in the meantime? What you go through in the meantime is total intrusion. Total intrusion into every facet of your life with political correctness. A term is a direct translation from the Russian Soviet term they used because they were always giving them new politically correct directives which they must follow. That's what we are fed today. This is from the University of Delaware. Students required to undergo ideological re-education. Think what we think or else thought control on the American campus, April the 2nd, 2009. In the fall of 2007, the University of Delaware's Office of Residence Life employed mandatory dormitory activities to coerce students to change their thoughts, habits, and values to conform, conform regimentation to a highly specified ideological agenda. Following Fire's campaign, that's her magazine, which called the attention of the national media to the Orwellian program and outraged people from all over the political spectrum, UD President Patrick Harker terminated the program. It won't stop, by the way. They never stop. They simply come out from a different way. Does this documentary produced by Fire and Free to Choose Media explains the program's invasive thought reform activities, the horrified reactions of students and faculty, and Fire's response. And I'll put these links up on my site after the show, cuttingthroughmatrix.com. Here's one of them, for instance. Please report to your resident assistant to discuss your sexual identity. It's mandatory. Thought reform at the University of Delaware. So that's the kind of world you're supposed to go through. Where's your choices here to say, no, get off my back, get lost, get lost. I, can, I know if they had tried that when I was younger, they got out well bloody nose. Some sort of pair, but listen to this. October the 31st, 2008. Same place. A female freshman arrives from her mandatory one-on-one session on her, her male's Ari's dorm room. It's 8 p.m. Classes have been in session for about a week. The resident assistant hands her a questionnaire. He tells her it's a little questionnaire to help you and all the other residents relate to the curriculum. He adds that they will go through every question together and discuss them. The leader reports that she looked a little uncomfortable. When did you discover your sexual identity, the questionnaire asks. That's none of your damn business, she writes. When was the time you felt oppressed? Then she says, I'm oppressed every day because my feelings for the opera, regular people throw stones at me and jeer at me with cruel names, being joking back, unbearable adversity, but I will overcome, hear me, you rock-loving majority. She's not playing along like the other students, and Ari confronts her using his confrontational training. I've read about this through many other universities using confrontational training. But it isn't working. He becomes so appalled by her resistance that he writes up an instant report and reports her to his superiors. After all, this is the University of Delaware, and the school has a zero-tolerance policy for anything remotely resembling hate speech. Having an opinion or dislike of something or feeling uncomfortable about some perv touching you is now called hate, you see. Regimentation. Now remember, the Fabians and all socialists and Soviets have the same idea. So did the Nazi regime too. Man was just a Darwinian animal who can be refashioned 
many times into anything the masters wanted to, and this is all part of this. That's the world regimentation is bringing in, whether you like it or not. Democracy. These boys and girls that push this totalitarian regime have used the term democracy for an awful long time to get what they wanted. But now you see, gradually, gradually, the parallel government, as Mrs. Thatcher called it, and Carl Quigley and others, and the Club of Rome in their own book, they said that democracy has to go. It's too cumbersome. We can't get done what we want done. Because people will argue. Different factions will say no. So they start getting rid of the idea of democracy. How are they doing it? Under the guise of world war. Terrorism everywhere, hate speech, yada, yada, yada. Climate change. What they're giving you is a world authoritarian system where you obey. They make it nice, clean, and tidy, you understand. It's much more simpler for them when you won't even think about saying no or you have no memory of anything like, hey, I've got rights. That has to go as well. Everything you see on TV and every bit of the media is totalitarian. Cops in England with special battalions who go in amongst the regular cops with massive batons and knock people down and kill them. How do you relate to that and converse and debate? Back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix, and I'll try to get the phone. The hour always flies, and, and there's so much else I'd like to say. But there's Rachel from North Carolina. Are you there, Rachel? Hello? Yes. Hi. I love your talk tonight because I love the topic of chemtrails. Mm-hmm. And basically, out here in Durham, North Carolina, they spray nonstop. Yep. It's like every day, and even at night, they spray. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then um, basically for the last two days, they've stopped. So it's like night and day. It's completely different. Yeah. And I have these people coming into work. Two ladies came into work today, and they're like, my eyes are burning. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, for the last two weeks, we've been sprayed nonstop, and you're wondering why you've got asthma problems right. and your eyes are burning, mm-hmm. and you just have no concept. So one of them I just straight out said, that's because you've been being chemtrailed for two weeks straight. Yeah. You know, and she, of course, laughed and everything, but it's fine. You know, it's just ridiculous. I can't believe the fact that they do patterns in the sky and nobody gets it. It's just bizarre. And now they do these little arcs and stuff. Yes. Anyway. And the different kinds they're using. You'll see them squirting half the sky and stopping again and and starting it up. And there's different kinds. But some of them are, there's different mixes they're using to get the mix just right for different purposes. Right. And, and, um, then, mm-hmm. and then I today, hope it don't give me a recurrence of last year. It rained every day, June to July. It was a clear mm-hmm. sky every morning, except the planes would start, and then it rain at 2 p.m. every day, and it was That's a washout. That's what I was going to say, too, is after they do this huge spraying, it rains nonstop. Yeah. That's right. And then you're just like, okay, well, now it's going to be a couple days of clear skies, and then they're going to start spraying again, and then it's going to rain. It's just That's like right. the same And you notice, too, at night time, 
at night time, um, I used to observe the stars all the time. I love astronomy. And uh, it's called global dimming. Now, you see the brightest stars now for the last few years, but you don't see the, the Milky Way is just blotted out in this dark mush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, I wanted to talk to you about something else that was very funny. Um, we had um, our insurance company come into our company basically to tell us that um, they were raising our rates, um, basically our deductible, from $1,000 to $2,500. Oh. And then um, he was saying that... Um, Basically, they have a plan because they don't want to have to raise our rates next year. They don't want to have to raise our premiums or our deductible. So the way that they planned on doing this was that we should be more healthy. Uh-huh. That we shouldn't. <laughs> they said that we sh- we should try to not use our insurance, and that that would be the way to keep it down. And the way that they were going to do this was implement a plan called Highway to Health, uh-huh. and that w- what they would do was. We could sign up for it, and they could collect statistics on us about, you know, basically our weight, our height, everything about us, and then they would create a plan for us on how to be more healthy. Really? Isn't that nice? I thought that was great that they cared so much about us. I'll tell you. I mean, I used to – I lost all that when I left my home and my mother, you know, (laughs) and I'm glad they're bringing it all back. And, and I think it's hilarious that, okay, well, we're not going to talk about all their poison in our food, our water, yep. the sky, um, all the ridiculous amounts of ways they're trying to kill us. And now I'm supposed to be paying this middleman yep. um, so I can go to the doctor, which when I go to the doctor, the only thing they tell me to do is go buy Sudafed. So, uh, yes, or get a flu shot. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I know. This is, this is the big brother system. And again, medicine is now becoming the authority, and we'll be lucky to get it if we're maybe the wrong genes. We're, we're not part of the good gene pool. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you. No, thanks for calling. And I hear the music just coming in. Sorry about the other callers. I'll try and get you next week. So from Hamish and myself from Ontario, Canada, but they're still spraying at it and you can taste it in your mouth. It's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you.